Hello and welcome aboard to this episode of the We Are Reading One Piece podcast. This is a podcast dedicated to following the entire story of One Piece from beginning to end as we focus on one volume each episode. We keep the discussion spoiler free for new fans of the series, so this is the perfect place to follow along whether you're new to the series or just want to revisit the world of One Piece with us. This week we will be covering volume 32, Love Song, which covers chapters 296 through 305. My name is Joel and I'll be your host. And joining me today we have Sean. <laughs> this is Sean. And Evan. <laughs> SO. SO. <laughs> All right. So uh last volume, we had Enru. Um he had sent set into motion Kingdom Come, which is a giant thundercloud that was set to wipe out all of Skypea. As Wiper looked on in horror, he thought back on the story the chief had told him about his warrior ancestor, Calgara, and his friend, Mont Blanc Noland. Upon hearing a bell in the distance, Noland followed the sound with his crew and arrived at Jaya 400 years ago. He interfered with the ritual sacrifices the Shandians would make in hopes of stopping the plague that was killing their people. After convincing the people to give him a chance to administer a cure, he was successfully able to cure everyone of the tree fever. Calgara and Noland became fast friends. Calgara had shown Noland the giant bell at the center of the city of Shandora, explaining the significance of the city and how they must protect it. The bell was used to guide the spirits of their ancestors that rested in the forest. Not realizing the significance of the trees, Noland and his men worked as fast as possible to cut down any remaining infected trees that could cause the tree fever plague to spread. The Shandians were greatly offended at the destruction of the trees without knowing that they had to be cut to save their people. A rift grew between the Shandians and Nolan's men. Just before setting sail, Kagura's daughter, Musei, explained to Nolan's men why her people were offended. Having learned the reason behind the trees being cut, Musei relayed this to her people, who now see that this was a misunderstanding. With their, friends now, uh, with their friendship now mended, they rang the bell for Nolan. Kagura and Nolan promised to meet again someday, hoping to reunite through the ringing of the bell. Upon his return to his homeland, Nolan had reported of the City of Gold to his king. Wanting the goal for himself, the king had Nolan lead the way back to Jaya. Fortunately, half of Jaya was now missing from having been launched into the sky by the Nakup stream. Seeing no gold, the king had ordered Nolan to be executed. Back in the present, Luffy is determined to bring the bell himself. He and Nami sent a message down to his crew below Giant Jack, telling them to cut the stock down. All right, so yeah, last volume was mostly um, you know, a flashback, uh, backstory. And now we're back in the present and, you know, things are not looking good. So hopefully, uh, you know, things will work out for the best. <laughs> but before we get back to Skypea, we have the next part of the cover story. Ace's Great Search for Blackbeard Volume 21. The Navy man who saved lives and information is on fire. The Navy soldiers look on as they see the heroic soldier who jumped in to save the day is still on fire. Still with a smile, smile on his face. <laughs> yeah, so this guy, uh, he was uh, ready to jump in and save the day, and uh, hopefully he's not too too burned. But I guess we'll have to find out in the next part. So for right now, let's move on to the next part of Skypea. Chapter 296, Ultimate Sky Situation. As Zoro dashes to cut down Giant Jack, Enri launches an assault of lightning at him. Zoro manages to cut his slice out, but the stalk doesn't budge. Below, Nola regains consciousness and helps in the efforts to knock down Giant Jack. 
After smashing into it, the stock teeters but does not fall. The entire, the entire civilization of Skypea looks up to the sky in fear from their boats, knowing it's only a matter of time until they're all wiped out. Wiper is now awake as well, and wonders why Luffy wants to ring the bell when it's his people who should have the right to do so. Robin tells Wiper about Nolan's descendants down below in the Blue Sea, who believed in the existence of El Dorado. She tells him that Luffy wants to ring the bell in hopes that they will be able to hear the bell from here, letting them know that the city was real. Realizing that the descendant of Noland is below, Wiper now sees the significance and uses his reject dial to blast away the rest of the stock that's holding it in place. At the expense of his own body, Wiper's blast manages to give Giant Jack the push it needed to fall over. Now he drives away at full speed up Giant Jack, but Henry plans to take it down from the base as he blasts lightning at the ground. All right, who wants to start off on this one? It's one resilient beanstalk. <laughs> when they told uh, Zoro to cut it to the west, I was like, oh no. <laughs> Not a direction. It's anything but a direction. Yeah, right. I was worried Zoro was going to cut it like the wrong, the wrong side of it or something. <laughs> no, luckily Zoro, uh, Zoro was uh, on top of his game here. He, uh, he cut in the right place. It just didn't do too much. We also get to see the most feared attack in all of One Piece. The rubber band of doom. <laughs> it makes his triumphant return. <laughs> always, yeah. Always a pleasure to see it in action. <laughs> I mean, they couldn't have done with it's that. Actually, yeah, right. That's actually a really fun um, panel with we stopped doing like multiple attacks from multiple angles, all kind of like captured <laughs> in one in one cell. Yeah, that's like one of those things that like you can just totally see like happening. You know, like it's it's still it's just like it reads really well on the page. Yeah. Exploding star, exploding stars, rolling exploding star. Remember end of doom. A lot of great Usopp faces. It's kind of the same face he makes several times, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, and um, I don't know if we explicitly had it in the last one, but Evan had figured it out that uh, this is the same snake that was a little snake mm -hmm. that hung out with uh, uh, Noland and um, a Calgra. Um, it, it, it's the same snake now growing up. Nola, so the, the rule of the sky. Yeah, Nola. An appropriate name. Yeah, finally an appropriate name. Remember when we were calling it like the <laughs> catfish snake monster or whatever it started off as? Then it was Ruler of the Sky, which is better, but a mouthful still. <laughs> so, like, Wiper should be dead, I feel like. <laughs> I hate to say yeah, it. Three, but... three strikes and you're out. Like, I'm well, that plus all the other abuse he's suffered over the last 24 hours is just. Yeah. Like... He's been taking a beating. Yeah, especially after they talked about like how powerful the rejectile is, and like how much of a toll it takes on your body. Yeah. Um. So it's kind of more of those things. It's kind of like um. Like say not show. Kind of thing, but um, yeah. Uh, I mean, he he does get pretty beat up, but not to the extent that you would expect based on what they yeah, said about the rejectile. I mean, we'll get into it in later chapter oh, as we move on, but it's. I'm not. I'm. I. I think he should be dead. But it is what it is. <laughs> or yeah, he's lucky to have his arm still. 
<laughs> like, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't have been surprised if he like lost his arm. Yeah. Because yeah, this is the third time he's used it. Correct. I think so. Yeah, because we we I know he used it against Shura, Enru, and now Giant Jack. So yeah, he uses it at least three times. Nami going going full nitrous on the waiver. <laughs> <laughs> like all gas. Same for family. <laughs> yes, I just imagine I, I, you're like. Luffy, what's that? And like Luffy turns, and you just see Dominic Toretto and his, his mustache or whatever, driving driving up the side of uh, Giant Jack. It's like, let's do this, Luffy. <laughs> That's our family down there. <laughs> we gotta do it. For We're him. doing this for our family. <laughs> now we we do it for Nakama. <laughs> <laughs> That's for the Nakama down there. <laughs> Yeah, so Evan might not be uh, familiar. Are you familiar with the term Nakama? Um, I don't think so. I'm getting your um, Fast and Furious reference, but that's about it. Yeah, so like Nakama is just like a, a term that's commonly used um, for like, like kind of like pseudo translations. It's like one of those terms. Sometimes people just kind of leave it like the fan subs, but like it's it's used in other things like Naruto, seen like in Naruto. But it's like a term they use for the crew is it's meant to be like um, like comrade. Um, like somebody okay. like that you're close to, so it's like very close, like friendship. Um, but yeah, so it's still a term that like you'll see. So, um, but it's not not like you wouldn't see it like in the, in the English translation, but people keep it for like fan translations. There's there's a funny pro ZD video of that involving this word among other things of just like, hey, we want to keep certain Japanese words, even though it we don't need we can just use an english equivalent <laughs> but because we like it so much and we see it in so many dubs it's just it's very like you are my nakama it's like it just doesn't work it just <laughs> I'll, I'll i'll post it in the discord it's one of my favorites but that's funny yeah so anyway that was just Here's a little tangent <laughs> but uh, anyway so um about the actual chapter, um, I I do really like this moment where Wiper has like the realization that um, Kagura's descendant is down below, and that's like what motivates him to to basically put his life on the line for Luffy to go up there and ring the bell. So he's kind of like helping Luffy to fulfill like his own like ancestors like you know promise. So like it, it touches him deep because he starts to like to cry here. It's like it really resonates with him, so he, he now gets it. So he's he's like he's behind Luffy now. Like no matter like what they went through before, he's our team. Luffy he's like yeah, I, I get it. Luffy's on our side. Like he can do this for us, so we're gonna help him out here. And it's very effective. So the reject dial blasts like a massive hole through the beanstalk. Big Zoro cut like a little like pie slice out, but like the reject dial like blasts like a massive part of the the beanstalk away. Yeah. So, Luffy's on the way up there with Nami. He's on the way. Uh, Banjo's trying to stop them, which is also like pretty, um, like pretty powerful for Enru to be able to just kind of chill up there and still attack them, and be aware of what's going on for you. So, um, yeah, just the fact that he can do that, so I think it says a lot about how powerful he is. All right, but any else? Uh, any other thoughts on this uh, this chapter? Let's keep climbing. All right. Moving on to Ace's Great Search for Blackbeard, Volume 22. Ace busted. 
It took long enough. <laughs> the Marines realized the hero was none other than the pirate Firefist Ace, who makes a run for it. <laughs> run, Ace, run! <laughs> I love like, this look on his face. Like, oh, gotta go. <laughs> well, the jig is up. Somebody's even shooting at him. It's like he just saved all those people and they're like, oh, let's shoot him. <laughs> Get him. Yeah, so that explains why he wasn't burning. Okay. All makes sense now. <laughs> okay, let's move on to Sean's summary for the next chapter. All righty. Chapter 297 Praise of the Earth. Enaru be monologuing. I mean, proper-ass villain monologuing that would make Crocodile proud. As Luffy and Nami continue to ascend Giant Jack, Enaru is already trying to send it crashing back down. Wiper isn't having any of this. Despite barely being able to stand, the proud Shandian claims that Enaru will never be able to topple the Earth of Earth topple, sorry, topple the history of their people, no matter how much destruction he causes. The Earth will not lose. And wouldn't you have it? He appears to be right. As Upper Yard suddenly stops trembling and Giant Jack remains where it is, allowing Luffy to make his final approach. Enaru decides at this time that his kingdom come is powerful enough as it is, and he unleashes it, sending the massive cloud of wind and lightning down towards the people. Luffy naturally jumps inside of it. I repeat, Luffy jumps, jumps off the waver and inside the whirlpool of destruction. But it is here where we see the method to his madness. Luffy unleashes his Gum Gum Fireworks attack, which appears to be a modified version of Gum Gum Gatling, where Luffy rapidly extends his golden ball-encased arm throughout the cloud. As Enaru and Nami realize, the Straw Hat Captain is using the conductive properties of his gilded arm to discharge the electricity inside of Enaru's kingdom come. But can he do it in time? All Captain McKinley and Konus down below can do is pray. Pray that the country and people are protected. Their faith is rewarded, as Luffy successfully manages to let the sun shine again, when he discharges Enaru's entire attack. I guess you could say Enaru's attack fizzled out. Beautiful. Unfortunately, we have to cut that part for copyright. Come on! <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I appreciate the uh, dramatic yeah. effect. <laughs> yeah so uh pretty smart thinking on luffy's part brilliant use what you got luffy again thinking on his feet <laughs> he even had a name for it the golden peony yeah again i feel like that's another word that uh surprised luffy knows <laughs> yeah right I'm even uh, more just... surprised that he knew to use a conductive ele element to yeah. use a bomb. <laughs> Might have been a happy accident. Yeah, I think he just <laughs> thought he could, maybe. I think he just thought he could punch the lightning. Like, he's just like, nah, it's fine. <laughs> I got this. Just punch it. <laughs> See, it worked. <laughs> yeah, the um, uh, peony is a type of flower, so he's, I guess, creating like a, a flower type effect with the. Uh, the way his arms like kind of flying around, mm -hmm. I would imagine that like because of the gold too, like it would probably give an effect of gold moving around like that. So maybe that's why he calls it. He calls it specifically a golden peony. Oh. But again, I'm I'm just speculating because it's in black and white. Can't really tell. <laughs> <laughs> we know it's a gold ball. 
Yeah. <laughs> I think that works. But yeah, Last Nami's still concerned. Chapter. Oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah. And speaking of Nami, like, what was the plan with Nami? Nami just launches off the end and then Luffy abandons her. That... Well, the main thing was just getting up there. So <laughs> you figure out the right. rest later. <laughs> they didn't really figure out the path down. No, so uh, um, did they show it here? How their um, their clouds around? I mean, it's resolved later, but at this moment in time, when I first read it, I was like, "Whoa, I mean, it's free falling." <laughs> oh, is she free falling still? No, she lands on the cloud. Yeah, so this little part where she lands on a cloud that's not like all the way down, but it's like kind of in the middle, where there's like a boom. Oh, I do see it here. Yeah. Yeah, so Luffy kind of seems to throw her towards like the cloud. Oh, yeah, I missed that on my first read through. Like I saw it later on, but I was like panicking because I was like, "What's happening, to Nami?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then uh, Nami's like, "Luffy, you're going the wrong way. The ship's the other way." But Luffy's jumping right into the cloud, and that's why she's concerned because she's like, like even Luffy might not be able to survive that storm. But Luffy uh, proves her wrong. Classic. <laughs> the the last page of this chapter is so great the let the sun shine like dissipates the attack yeah it's just yeah, such that is a cool. cool looking panel yeah actually now that we're speaking about it too um i think this is the first volume where i noticed the paneling feels different did you guys notice that too where i feel like there's a lot more like slanted um paneling and like some of the pages are not like full double page spreads they kind of split like um like two thirds of the way into the pages. Yeah, I think I sort of know what you mean. Yeah, totally. It even happens. even happens on the first page of this same chapter. Yeah, I'm. I'm not like sure if um page split. Yeah, I don't know if I I just wasn't paying enough attention in previous volumes, but like I feel like it just stood out to me. Like I, I it just kind of clicked with me. I'm like I started noticing in this volume in particular, uh, mm-hmm. like just different panel layouts and like the um, more slanted panels. It, it, I think it is cool. Totally. But it's like an interesting panel layout for um, for this volume. Absolutely. Yeah, to your point, though, um, when he says, like, let the sun shine, it is really cool. Because it does take up, like, two-thirds of the, the pages. And then you see, like, the like the clouds start to, like, depart. And you can just kind of get like, the sense, like, like, the threat has passed. All is well now. <laughs> <laughs> I do like uh, the moment with Luffy, like, in there, too. He's like mad at Enrique. He's like, "Here we are on this nice sky yeah, island. Yeah, yeah. You go and make the weather all thunderstormy and nasty, you thunder freak." <laughs> yeah, jerk. <laughs> We're on vacation, you, did, you little jerk. <laughs> I could be eating more sky lobster right now, but you had to go and be a bitch about it. <laughs> And uh, what'd you guys think of the moment where the citizens of Skypea decide to pray? Um, who are they praying to precisely? Like nebulous gods, or is it like? Yeah, just I think they're a miracle, really. Yeah, I think they're just like if there is a god out there, please like help us. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I mean, I I personally like the moment. Yeah, no, it works. Yeah, it works too. in the context of just being like, and it's it's also this kind of like wild thing of the people up in the sky essentially in heaven having to pray to something that is nowhere within heaven well i guess luffy but they're not technically <laughs> playing to luffy right? yeah 
it's this idea of like, well, shit, even the angels are praying now. <laughs> yeah. Shit is shit is going badly. If that's happening. The Shandians and the the Sky people both are mm. are pray, all praying together. So it's kind of like a they're united in that moment because they all want the same thing. And there's basically nothing else they can really do at this point. No, so, like their their fate is basically in the hands of like other people or if there's like a higher power. They're basically like. This is our fate. Like, if if we can get a miracle, yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> Please protect us. Mm. Yeah, but like I said, it's like a unifying moment. So that that is one thing I really like about it too. Is just like they all start doing it together because like like well, I guess we might as well try. We have nothing else to lose. So yeah, uh, anything else on this one? Okay, let's move on. Ace's Great Search for Blackbeard, Volume Twenty Three. Forgot something. Oh yeah, Ace had to deliver Moda's letter. <laughs> and the whole reason for coming here. <laughs> hey, please, here you go. <laughs> of Ace's expression, like, my bad. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I wasn't trying to I'm so trouble. embarrassed. I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> I forgot to give it to you. And they're still shooting at him. <laughs> yep. Trying to. Just like the disrespect, like standing on this guy's head. The audacity. But hey, he uh, he was good on his word. He delivered the letter. I wonder what's inside. <laughs> Secret Navy communications. Sure. <laughs> All right, let's get Evan's summary for the next chapter. Chapter 298, Love Song. The Shandians and Sky People look on in shock as Enru's kingdom come disintegrates. Wiper calls out to Luffy, pleading for him to ring the light of Shandora. High above, Luffy launches an attack on Enru, promising to ring his bell and the golden bell in one swing. Enru changes into lightning form and attacks first, using 200 million volts Amaru. The attack is ineffective. No surprise there, as Luffy lands a kick on Enru's jaw. Just then, Luffy is stricken with pain as he finds a golden trident thrust into his back. Luffy pries himself from the skewer and plummets down to earth. As he falls, he manages to stretch and grab a hold of the small cloud Nami landed on. Quickly telling her to move out of the way, he propels himself back up towards the arc Maximum and Kami Emeru using a gum gum rocket. The Shandians and Sky People pray for a miracle as Luffy lines up his finishing move, the gum gum golden rifle. Launching the golden ball spinning fiercely towards his target, Enru doesn't have time to dodge and takes the wrecking ball square in the face, sending him flying. The attack propels Enru backwards directly into the golden bell as promised. Luffy yells, reach, hoping the sound will reach Mont Blanc Cricket as the golden bell rings out with a clang. Yeah, so what'd you think of this one? Bang! <laughs> very satisfying ko yeah it's cool when you can you can both not you can just finish off the villain and complete the thematic objective of the story in one punch <laughs> it's like yeah. not something you can do a whole lot off of this unless like you know if the main thing is just beat the villain but if you have to both i must save the princess and defeat the evil lord it's like well Usually you can't punch the evil lord and then also punch the princess to wake the princess <laughs> off. But in this case, Luffy punched that princess and woke her up. <laughs> I, now, like, I could right. have used a better explanation for that, but I think we got the idea. 
gets the point across. Yeah. I just like that Luffy called his shot. Like he calls yeah. it first time around. <laughs> Doesn't quite work out as planned, but the second time he nails it. Another asshole down. <laughs> Possibly one of the biggest. Yeah, perhaps. Definitely, for sure. I feel like we get a classic like Oda finishing move montage here with like the little <laughs> flashbacks and kind of like everyone's reaction and like um, that great like full double page final uh, like conclusive page at the end of this chapter the big clang hmm. um so good it's like otis got this shit down to his science <laughs> the uh you know it's it just like it's just like he ties it up like really in like a really nice bow at the end like we kind of get yeah. a very satisfying attack ko but then we also get these like nice little sentimental snippets from everyone who's affected by that single blow that just happened and like um like i said like ties it up really nicely in a nice little bow at the end yeah all the pieces he was setting up throughout the arc like and how they like we spent a lot of time with people that were non-strat high people um so this i feel like really shows like this was a story about more than just the straw hats and it goes beyond them so yeah they're showing here like how this is resonating with a whole bunch of people and like how this is important. This is like, like their freedom. So Luffy does a lot more than just punches a bad guy. Like he's liberating a lot of people and, you know, saving um, a lot of people from just destruction. So there's a lot that was going on here. So yeah, I, I agree. I like the way that he interspersed um, like the, those moments and like the, the emotion behind Luffy's like the reason why he's fighting, like it's really displayed very well here. Yeah, his motives are clear. He's resolute in them. And I, I do think that the flashback that we got from majority of last volume really does kind of add to the first few scenes of this volume in the fight against Enru. Because um, it felt it was like a very long-winded backstory, but I think at the end, <laughs> it, it, it was very beneficial to the storytelling. Yeah. And like, yeah. Glad we got it. Yeah, it does make this pay off a lot more. Yeah. And uh, Sean, did you have something? Yes. Uh, the moment when they pierce the clouds and like come out the other end or something is very cool visual. Um, yeah, the, like the re the reach. Well, but it's but it's beyond the reach page, and it's like, like El Dorado was in the sky, and then, but it's sort of the reach page. I don't know. Uh, random thing it reminded me of is. Um, any of you see the Matrix Revolutions, the third Matrix movie? Yes. <laughs> it's one of the few I, I'm going to I'll just like those movies are actually pretty. Well, OK, the most recent one was not. But the third one, there's a scene <laughs> where Neo and Trinity finally in the real world break through the cloud line mm. and they they get close up to the sun. And it's this beautiful moment of, of like, holy shit, there's still maybe some life on this ruined, destructed Earth in its own way. And it's this gorgeous moment. And it kind of reminded me of this. Yeah, kind of cool. I can totally see that. Yeah, no, I was just um, gonna say, like, I feel like upon looking at it, like the first time through, I feel like it wasn't hundred percent clear exactly what was happening here, but like you can see like the gold bits like smashing against the bell. Um, but then like if you look above Maxim, you see like, there's like a black line going across, which is actually Luffy's arm. Uh, it's mm. just showing Luffy's. It does a gold dot, and then you see like, the giant oh, like yeah. stretch. So like at first, like I didn't. Like I wasn't exactly connecting the dots. I went and I watched like this part in the anime 
to see like how they conveyed it. And I think it was a lot clearer because you can see it in color and everything. Um, but going back and look at it, I'm like, okay, I can, I can see now. Cause it just would be like a, like a little while to see that was Luffy's arm. that was reaching to the bell. Cause like, I knew that's what was happening. Cause Andrew was hitting the bell, but I was like, where's Luffy's arm? <laughs> you see him like punch through, uh, like the top part of Maxim destroying in the process. Precision, the twofer. Yeah. <laughs> what incredible aim. <laughs> and it's safe to say on the left side, that left panel of the same page, that the shards around Kami Enaru are the golden ball that was attached to Luffy's arm exploding. Yeah, yeah exactly. Finally got that fucker off. <laughs> it, 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 it was useful for a while, but it was also a huge pain in the ass. Quick, yeah. pick up the pieces. <laughs> yeah, Nami's like, okay, okay, threat's over, threat's over. Can I care about treasure now again? <laughs> What'd you do with your bracelet? <laughs> yeah, I do feel like the moment in the fight where... um. First of all, I, I really like the the form that Andrew takes when he does the two hundred mils, uh, the two hundred million volts Amaru. Yeah. He's got like um, like, like the like you know the outstretched hand and like the the big punch and the yeah, like he, he looks really cool in that form. He just takes on like looks, a giant like Raijin form. Yeah, looks like a real god now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then uh, I like how during the fight. Luffy like gets stabbed with a trident and instead of like trying to like so his arms are right backwards but like instead of like giving up this uh, this attack he drops down he makes like the calculated decision to to jump off the trident and land and he catches the cloud and then he stretches way down and then he launches himself back up and then hits Andrew with that <laughs> with the, like the wind up from that attack so I just thought that was like really cool yeah. the way that that played out yeah, and, and it looks cool the way it was drawn with um, him going like full stretch and then kind of spinning back up towards the arc maxim. Yeah. I think the way the way it drew it, it's like very clear what's going on, which is cool. Yeah. Very satisfying conclusion to this fight. Yeah, I love that moment right before Henry takes the hit. It's like that moment of like shock and realization. He's like, he's fast. And then you see like yeah. the fist it's right in his face. <laughs> uh, so good. Too fast for you. Buddy. <laughs> yeah. Any other thoughts on this one before we move on? No. Great chapter. All right. Moving on. Ace's great search for Blackbeard Volume Twenty Four. Moda's letter. Moda's letter was directions to her farm where the Navy can buy milk. Secret Navy documents. <laughs> <laughs> milk has to be code word for something else. <laughs> right. I love how seriously the, the, the captain guy is like looking like, hmm. He looks unamused. W would I like some yummy milk? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but he's probably like so confused. Like, why, why is Firefist Ace giving me this letter? <laughs> is it like a trap? Like, what is it? <laughs> it's like a little like a uh, map showing where the, the farm would be. It's pretty great. Oh, and uh, just uh, real quick, uh, the last one was obvious, but um, <laughs> the chapter is called Love Song. <laughs> so that's obviously another musical reference. Mm -hmm. So maybe uh, Oda's a fan of The Cure. We got a couple more coming up, too. Yeah. 
uh, that's what reminded me because I was looking at the next chapter, uh, which is also a musical term. So chapter 299, Fantasia. As the bell rings with Enrio's defeat, Luffy shouts that he hopes that his friends below can hear the bell from the sky. Wiper hopes Nolan's descendants hear it too. All the people in the sky are amazed by the beauty of the sound of the bell, including Nola. Down on Jaya, the Southbirds take flight as the Mountain Monkey Alliance uh, listen in amazement at the sound of the bell. As Cricket listens, he also realizes that the giant shadow monsters that they have been seeing must have been people in the sky when the sun hit them just right as they now see a giant shadow Luffy jumping in the sky. Cricket now knows the truth that the goal was in the sky all along, not in the sea. Nolan wasn't a liar after all. Cricket weeps tears of joy, relieved that his friends are okay. Back in Skypea, the Golden Bell lands in the white, white sea as Maxim begins to freefall along with Enru. After 400 years, the promise of the Golden Bell has been fulfilled. All right. Yay! <laughs> Yeah, let's uh, start with Sean on this one. I mean, it's real touching. Like, it's exactly what we wanted to happen. Is basically, it's just yeah, good old, good old weirdo head, <laughs> McDescendant <laughs> Cricket, and his monkey men, and like, yep, they fucking did it. I mean, that bow clangs the whole chapter. It's like, clang, page one, clang, clang, page two, clang, clang, page three, clang, clang. I could go on, but, like, <laughs> I love that the sound effect is in, like, every page. Like, It's cool because it's, like, as it's falling, right? Like, it's, like, falling yeah. and clanging. That's true. Love yeah. That. Until it suddenly does hit, and then the clangs finally stop, but. Yeah. We it's heard nice it. Touch. We're good. <laughs> it's a nice touch. Enero's going down with his ship. <laughs> yeah, this is just like great, like you were saying, just like touching, falling, like really satisfying falling action from Oda. And I really love the shadow giants beat, like <laughs> reference that we got a while ago being answered. And then yep. we get a giant Luffy. Uh, I thought that was really well done. I'd almost forgotten about that. Uh, yeah, so looking back, when you first saw those like shadow things, did you have an idea like anything like that was not. happening? Okay. <laughs> no, I remember. I remember us talking about it because I was like, "Wow, they're even bigger than the, the giants, giants that we right? just saw." Because <laughs> this happened right after that chapter, I think. Yeah. Um, I was like, "Oh my god, they're huge!" But yeah, that was, I think that was a great um, callback to that to that moment. I love seeing like the larger than life Luffy out there. <laughs> of course, like in like, it's, like a perfect such, little, such a Luffy pose. <laughs> yeah. Yep, and that's perfect him. Perfect little final <laughs> stamp. If there was any question, you know, now there's no question. Yeah, and it's also a great way to signal to them down below that they're okay because they helped them get up to the sky. So they could have been leading them to their death. They could have crashed like on right. the back of stream and been dead. So, like, they didn't know, like, what happened to them. So we can see here that, thankfully, they're okay. Just one day Cricket, like, I mean, wakes he... up and... Oh, sorry. No, I was going to say, one he may his... be falling to his yeah. death. <laughs> Very excitedly. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Sorry, go ahead, Sean. 
No, I was just gonna say one day Cricket wakes up and one of his monkey men is like, uh, we found some debris and some <laughs> some blood and like it looks like like half of Usopp's jaw. Yeah, they're all fucking dead, boss. <laughs> well, shit. Yeah, we found the ship. We found the ship. Oh no, we found the ship. Oh no, we found the ship. Oh, that's not the ship. Oh, oh, that's not good. No, oh. no. Nah, nah, so they they were fine. Um, the Maxim, on the other hand, not so much. Not so fine. Not so fine. <laughs> Maybe they'll find that one uh, in two hundred years. Thankfully, everything is falling on clouds, though. Like, yeah, that comes in handy. <laughs> yeah, falling from a high height is not a death sentence in clouds. <laughs> yeah, so this is just kind of like a nice like chapter to kind of put things in a bow, wrap things up nicely. Where, yeah. um, like, we can take some time to touch base with the people back in Jaya, uh, see their reactions, and then you know we get the people. Like on Skypea being relieved. Um, we have like old flashback moment. Thinking of um, like Calgara. So we see like the Sajib Calgara. So it's just a kind of like nice, nice little like moments here to to show that the promise has been fulfilled after all the all these years, after all this time. Finally, like they can they feel like that sense of accomplishment, and everybody just kind of feels like that weight lifted off them. Everybody's just kind of happy to be alive right now. Yeah, so satisfying. Because like everybody just stops what they're doing, even like the other straw hats just stop and they like listen to the bell. Any other thoughts? Why is Luffy's or is Luffy's shadow that wide? Or is like the perspective off? Uh, I think it's just because like because of the shadow. Like I feel like it would just kind of distort like yeah the proportions a little bit. Um, yeah, because he. Show... I was just gonna say because he does kind of look like he's in the two D point compared to like the three D world. So I see what Sean Sean means, but yeah, I think it's just because he's he is like a, a shadow, and the shadow would be like perceived as being kind of flat, right? And it's cool, like when he starts this, when he starts falling, um, on the second page or the fourth page of this. Uh, volume. There's like you can see the sun kind of like shining. Yeah, <laughs> and he's he's striking that same exact pose. So like that's the pose he was striking, and the sun's kind of like shining. Yeah, you can see exactly like uh, at the moment where he was making the shadow. <laughs> Such a Luffy pose. He's holding his hat so it doesn't fall off, and he's got his <laughs> arm up it, like triumphantly as he's falling. Yeah, just like, like kind of just shouting for joy. It really does feel like he's like so posing for like it's one of those like guys let's like one of those ending shots to a movie they're like yeah they cut to the live credits and so, <laughs> yeah. uh, it's like an 80s movie all right let's move on to ace's great search for blackbeard volume 25 successfully extracted information about blackbeard Ace's detour to help deliver Moda's letter paid off as Ace was able to obtain details about Blackbeard. Hmm, so maybe he found maybe he found out on that uh, secret intel ship. Paid off. I love his ship. It's 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 yeah. more like a board than a ship, almost. True. Or, uh, but it's, but so it's cool. it is. I mean, it's uh, yeah, no, it's undeniably cool. Yeah. 
Yeah, massive. I still love the way that he powers it too. Like, because he's just kind of casually sitting there with one foot down, and that one yep. foot is like turning to flames and powering like the the jet in the back. Yeah. So he he's just kind of chilling there while just powering the <laughs> the the striker. Is that the name of the the ship? Yeah, that's a nice touch because he's like, yeah, just so casual. Clearly, something he does all the time and super comfortable <laughs> doing. All right, chapter three hundred symphony. Now that the threat of Venner has passed, the citizens of Skypea make their way to Upper Yard and begin disembarking from their ships. Rocky reunites with Isa and returns her bag of bars to her. Chopper starts to tend to the wounds of his crewmates, but Usopp tells Chopper he should start with Wiper, as he's the most injured. The crew talks about how the Golden Bell is probably gone now, so they won't have anything to take back with them. The Shandians decide to round up Kami's vassals and send them adrift into the clouds. Meanwhile, someone pushes the Mary along using their dial-powered boat. Luffy, Nami, and Konis return with a large sack full of food they took from the Kami's uh, part of the forest. Now that everyone is reunited, Zoro asks about Pagia. Konis begins to cry as they all sympathize with the loss of her father, one of them being Pagia himself. Wait, Pagia? He explains he managed to fall into the White Sea below. The others who had fled Angel Island managed to make their way back up using Milky Dials. And his former slaves have now also been reunited with their families. After his defeat, Enro is able to recover the Maxim and still has a sight set on Enola's Vars. He begins his ascent towards the moon. As Wiper awakens in confusion, the chief tells him the time of fighting has passed. For the first time in 400 years, nobody wants to fight. He looks out to see the citizens of Angel Island and the Shandians dancing around a large bonfire. The Straw Hats join everyone and party into the night. All right. A lot happened. Yeah. yeah, let's start with Evan on this one. Ooh, where to begin? <laughs> um, first of all, Mr. Raccoon was a great callback. <laughs> she, she called him Mr. Raccoon earlier. I think that was like not the first time that she called him Mr. Raccoon. Possible. Yeah, I think I think I it's think like a, a common the misconception for the chopper. Mm. <laughs> Oh, it was a Gadatsu, um, I think. Was it Gadatsu that called him a raccoon? I think he's definitely been called a raccoon prior. <laughs> I don't remember who said it. Um, I also love Luffy's return with a giant bag of food, which is totally in character, but also like hilarious that he stopped to get food before like going to check on his uh, crew members. He's got like a cooked fish in his hand, which would insinuate they like prepared food and i don't know i thought that was pretty funny but also perfectly <laughs> on brand for luffy um sorry so much happened uh the the, the pagaya reveal was hilarious and a relief because he was a great character it, it seems like a lot of characters that were like most of the characters that were zapped survived it seemed <laughs> to just knock people out and not kill them like, or anybody that has like a noble sacrifice in one piece is just fine <laughs> yeah um i thought the reveal of the endless farce being the moon is absolutely hilarious um and also perfect because it literally is endless farce yeah so i want to uh go into that a little bit more because in the past you had expressed that you felt like it was like a dumb motive yeah does this put things into a different perspective for you now or no it makes more sense because it's like an entire entity in itself. Like you'd, 
be like he'd be bringing his people to the moon where it's like entirely his domain so yeah it, it makes way more sense than what i was picturing in my head um i still think it's pretty pointless because you know like what are you gonna do on the moon like but we don't Skypea know yeah it's way cooler <laughs> but it's it's basically like the equivalent of like, the straw hats wanting to go to skypea because like we don't know what's up that there we don't yeah, like it's an adventure. Let's go see. Let's go check it out. So Andrew has his eyes like set on the moon. So he like, like, how many people in One Piece like can say like, oh, let's go to the moon? Yeah, that's a fair <laughs> point. See how the so, arc maximum yeah. fares outside the Earth's atmosphere. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> so presumably, like, we we can maybe assume that because he has the uh, Logia powers, he can probably get up there. But I don't know about if anybody else is on the maximum if they were to survive. True, so true. I I don't think he would carry the way because he only wants to go himself. But yeah, so I, I just think it gives like, a little different context to what his ambitions were before and like the concept of endless forest. He could have gone down to the blue sea and just found like an island which is bigger. But no, he wants to go to entire like, celestial body that like is just nothing but land. <laughs> yeah, it's, it is better than what I was picturing in my head. Okay. For sure. <laughs> and the the Nami comment happening right after that, I'm pretty sure uh, Nami suggests to go back to the ship and like call it a night, and they're offended because they they're like, no, we're gonna go party. Oh, like, I couldn't quite party. read which dialogue bubble was over who there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No. Then in which case, yeah, failure of a human being. Yeah, that's why I read like, it too. Call it a night, and they're like. No, we're gonna play. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like it's a callback. Another absolute rager. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that so moment the, was the just a callback to yeah the previous bonfire about how like Nami was like like ignorant about like no like we make a bonfire now like it, so it's kind of a callback to like Nami now just saying like what they want to do and they want a party. <laughs> no, right, right, right. I remember that now. Yeah, you get another epic rager. And the wolves show up. Like those wolves are always just showing up for all the <laughs> all the late night bonfire dance parties. Love it. Yeah, they just show up with their own kegs and stuff. Like, oh, let's go. Yeah, ready. They're ready to party, party anytime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, another feel nice. good chapter. I love I mean, okay. It's the what okay. No. <laughs> do I want to get in my rant or do I want to get in my discussion or do I want to I don't know what I want to do here? It's not go really wherever rant. you where wherever you want to go. Um uh, 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 a lot more people should have died. Uh, this, this, it's silly. Like, it's just like, ah, I'm fine. It was nothing. Yeah. Okay. Like it was nothing. Okay. Then what was the point of Eneru if it was nothing? Like, oh, it was just, oh, he just knocked me down. But I'm of two minds because I sure do think that Pagaya reveal is very funny and is very reminiscent of Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade where Indiana Jones goes off the cliff and like his dad and all the others are like looking down the cliff and like, mm, and he takes his hat off or something. And then Indy just walks up next to him and just starts looking down. Like, what are you guys looking at? Or something. It's great. Like, yeah. <laughs> so I was like, yeah. shit, okay, that is funny. But I'm not saying Pagaya needed to die, but did like anybody die as a result of Eneru's like big blast thing? And the answer appears to be no. And uh, that's nonsense. Like, I'm sorry, Oda, but come on, man. <laughs> if her as powerful as Ender is, it casually a zero. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah, so this, to, this is something... Cut to, like, lightning bolts, like, the sky is falling, <laughs> like, the earth is exploding, and it's like, 
no one was killed in the making of this video. It's like, <laughs> God, God, remember the, did you watch the, uh, do you know the, the Dragon Ball Z helicopter thing, Evan? Mm -mm. There's uh in Dragon Ball Z, uh, Vegeta and the Saiyan Saga when he first lands or Nap Nappa, he, there's like a helicopter in the sky or something like a news helicopter. Like these two people are like, like oh, no. and Nappa just like raises his hand and he shoots like a blast of the helicopter and it fucking explodes. And the original, he explodes it. The people on board are dead. In the in the original, original, original dub, they're like, we can't have people dying like that. Sensors. <laughs> so they inserted a line where Tien says, "Look, they've got their parachutes." <laughs> and it's just hilarious. like the most like come on very four kids <laughs> that's funny yeah yeah so I, I do think people not dying in these types of situations I think it's a valid criticism but for me personally I don't think it takes away from the story but it does kind of start to feel a little like, like pulling like the rug from under, underneath you uh, it's like you fooled me once, I you know, shame on me, fool me twice, you can't get fooled again. Um, so it's like like how many times is Oda gonna do this trick where it seems like somebody sacrificed themselves and they end up being fine by the end of the arc? Um uh, <laughs> yeah, it just it just lowers the stakes a bit. Yeah, that's the thing. It does make it feel like the stakes um the stakes feel really high, but then it does seem like there's no consequences at the Yeah, end. the consequences. That's a, yeah, that's a better point. But overall, I, I don't think it detracts from the story. Like, it's not that significant in the end. Like, does Pagaya, like, surviving here really, like, make the story bad? No. It's, like, a very minor beat. And, you know, keeping the characters around, I think, is it's a fun thing. Um, like, the more characters you have to play with, like, the better. Um, but, yeah, I, I just feel like it's, like, a, like a technique or a tactic that he's been using in the stories where it, it can start to feel a little like predictable uh so that that's something i feel like oda tries not to do is be too predictable but this in, in this one case i feel like um it, it start it does start to become like you expect it to to be the case but yeah we'll, we'll see there's, there's a lot more story to go a lot more story to go um and speaking about the musical titles here this is um this one i feel like it's pretty on the nose is symphony so the way I'm interpreting this one is like it's like a large group of people like working together to create like a harmony. So like there's like a lot of unity here, and there's like it's like the um, the sky people, like um, you know from Angel Island and the the Shandians working together, and like instead of fighting each other and like fighting over the land, they're kind of like let's just party and we're gonna have a good time now. Yeah, I'm digging the references. They've been fun. Yeah. Okay. Uh, anything else on this one? I'm good. You good, Sean? I'm good. Okay, let's move on. Ace's Great Search for Blackbeard, Volume 26. The Navy galley vessel comes to buy some milk. The Navy decides to take up Moda's offer and arrive at her farm to buy milk. All right, so I guess uh, Comel was really serious about getting that milk. Yeah. Yeah, pretty convincing <laughs> letter. Get, get that cheddar. Oh, wait. <laughs> You can get that too. It's a farm. Don't worry. <laughs> I love the two, the the killer whale and the dolphin. Just like, hey, how's it going? Because that's how killer whales and dolphins act in real life. Yeah. They're the best friends. Dolphins, notoriously known to be friendly and kind and sweet to other animals. 
And now before we actually move into the chapter, um, there's the SPS question. We mentioned this before in volume 23 during the bat scene in Alabasta. Mm-hmm. I always seemed weird that some people were peeking into the bath. Oh, um, this is where he answers yeah. that. I didn't even read this yeah. shit. I got to read mm-hmm. this. Yeah. <laughs> they all went to peep because they're all healthy and male. I don't think there needs to be another reason, but Chopper probably only went because everybody else was going. Anyway, if a cute girl is showing some skin, I think it's pretty rude to the girl not to even... Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't like that answer one bit. <laughs> like... Yeah, and then he, he ends it... Yeah, Sanji says it's way rude. <laughs> yeah, I guess the joke is that it's Sanji saying that. I don't know. I don't know. I'm yeah. going to... Pa- I'm just... I'm not going to comment. <laughs> I've so got stuff... To... Seem like a, like a serious answer. <laughs> I hope so. I hope it wasn't. But, yeah. Um, I'm gonna, I've got things to say on that when we get to some later arcs, but we're not there yet. So (laughs) let's just keep going. Yeah. Just wanted to point out that, uh, we had mentioned this before and uh, this is where somebody actually asked about it. Okay. Uh, so let's get Evan's summary for the next chapter. This is kind of a long one. A lot going on. (laughs) All right. Chapter 301. I hereby guide. As the people of Skypea sleep, our greedy pirate captain devises a plan to steal the gold and run. As morning breaks, the Shandians locate the Golden Bell. Usopp trades his incredibly rare and immeasurably powerful rubber bands of doom for some dials he plans to use creating his famous doohickeys. Luffy leads Nami, Sanji, and Chop into a familiar looking cave where they find some treasures. Robin makes her way to the Golden Bell to find a poneglyph at its base. She reads this ancient text to find it holds a secret location of another powerful weapon, similar to the poneglyph in Alabasta. Robin is dismayed, as this isn't the information she has been searching for, and begins to walk away when she notices something peculiar. In the same language as the poneglyph, there is a separate inscription reading, I hereby guide this document to its end, and it's signed by none other than Gold Roger himself. Ganfor overhears Robin's translation and recognizes the name, remembering Gold Roger's visit to Skypea over 20 years ago. He mentions that Luffy reminds him of Gold Roger. Then Robin tells him Luffy's full name, which shocks him as he notices their use of the initial D. Uh, the, chief, the chief also hears Robin's translation and with great relief can conclude that his ancestors' ancestors's ancestors' wish, sorry, <laughs> uh, and the Poneglyph's purpose have been fulfilled and is no longer in need of production. The Shandians want to thank the Straw Hats for all they've done and remembering the Blue Sea, uh, sorry, and remembering the Blue Sea people value gold, they decide to gift them a massive gold pillar. When the Straw Hats see Robin returning, Luffy yells for her to hurry up before they get caught. The Shandians ask them to wait. The Straw Hats mistake their pillar for a cannon, and instead of explaining, Robin smiles and runs off with the group. Robin mulls over the cryptic message left by Gold Roger. There are several poneglyphs that hold information scattered throughout the world, which together create a single text that fills in the blank history. Blank history. She now believes Gold Roger was successful in doing so, and that she too must guide the poneglyph documents to the end of the Grand Line. To Raftel to bring the Ponegus together into one piece. <laughs> See what I did there? Threw out a little prediction as well. Oh, okay. All right. Bold move. 
Bold moves. Bold move. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so a lot to digest in this one. A lot. Yeah, sorry that was a long-winded explanation, but... No, there's a lot. Yeah, there's some serious info drops in this one. Yeah. Yeah, who wants to start off on this one here? I, I want to I wanna start with Evan. What do you think about... Okay. That little autograph left behind by a certain Mr. Roger. <laughs> um... It's super like it's super interesting all of the poneglyph information that we get in this chapter, um, and yeah, this is our first, um, I guess, indirect interaction with Gold Roger since the very beginning, pretty much. Like we had his initial announcement, but since then we haven't really had a lot of like direct, you know, connection with him until now. Um, and it's interesting that Robin puts it together like right away. Um, and also like her showing interest in Luffy she kind of mentions that in this chapter as well like when Ganfor is like oh yeah he really reminds me of Gold Roger like they have the same vibe and she's like yeah I'm I'm interested as well Hmm. Um, and I kind of gave a description in the summary how like all the Ponyglas are connected into like a single text that is supposed to cover this blank history, which we don't really know much about other than we don't, well, we don't know much about it. Um, but it seems to be an important gap in history that is not recorded. Um, I don't know. I, it got me thinking, like, I definitely thought that, um, so the fact that gold brought this, this proves that gold Roger has taken information from multiple poneglyphs to the end of the grand line which is raftel and uh i don't know i mean it it seems like all the poneglyphs are supposed (laughs) to be put together into one piece and he says uh you know the one piece can be found at the end of the grand line which would be raftel i don't know It, it, it felt like a lot of things fell into place for me i don't know if that's just like conjecture but uh it seems to be tied to the one piece in my opinion okay i don't know I, that could just yeah. be like complete conjecture um but like i think this this through line has been something that we've had for a while where i feel like oh, we don't have a lot of other through lines if we have um all of our characters who have their dream that they want to fulfill and are working towards that goal and they're all fulfilling their dreams um but i do think that Robin's story is incredibly important and it's kind of like the one solid through line that we have where we're slowly putting pieces of a puzzle together. And I think we get a bunch of puzzle pieces in this chapter. Um, it just made me really curious. Cause like, she's the only one who we know that can read these things like everywhere that we go and we see a poneglyph, no one knows how to read it. Even the people that have been guarding it for hundreds and hundreds of years, like none of them <laughs> know how to read it, but then Robin just kind of like shows up and is able to read it all. Um, just adds a lot of mystery to her character and um, her motives. But uh, it, it does also seem like she's truly seeking knowledge and not power because she kind of dismisses the um, mention weapons. of the ancient weapons, kind of disregards that. It's like, oh, I was hoping to get more information that would um, lead me to... Uh, I don't know if she already knew that they were all, she already knew that they're all connected. So I guess she knew that this was the end goal was to like piece them all together. 
Um, and she gives a brief uh, explanation saying there are two types of poneglyphs, one that have information on them and others that just point you in the direction of other poneglyphs. Yeah. Um, and she said this was one that was had information. Yeah, I, I do think the um, like the information here is a little confusing and a little unclear exactly what they're trying to tell you. Mm-hmm. But I think the overall take takeaway is that there are certain poneglyphs that have information. And uh, when you gather that information like all together, um, supposedly like it's going to lead to something at the end of the grand line. It's so, like they're like they need to carry that information with them along the way because it's it's going to be relevant to the information that they're finding on the pine glyphs. So I think the information on the pine glyphs are going to be connected in that way. So I think there's some kind of details that you won't know until you have all those pieces and you can put them all together at the end. Right. Interesting. Oh, I, I, I don't want to say how much <laughs> it's cool conjecture is all I'll say. You are thinking like a One Piece fan. You really are. <laughs> All right, cool. Because it, it definitely like sparked a like a light went off. I feel like for me, because um, like I said, this is kind of our first mention of Gold Roger direct, like a direct reference to Gold Roger. Um, and the, these Pondogus have been like a through story more so than many other plots that we've we've had so far. So I'm super intrigued. I thought this was a really exciting chapter for for those reasons yeah agreed. agreed but also so like it still is directions to like to a ancient weapon right so yeah or so is the, the ancient weapon like knowledge like i thought I, I was picturing more of like a physical like literal weapon so like, robin what, says what? that um the pine glyph on the golden bell area that specifically mentioned the location of the ancient weapon Poseidon. Poseidon, So Poseidon was the one that was mentioned in Alabasta, which is what Crocodile was looking for. And Poseidon is now the other one being mentioned here. But then there was another um, bit of text that was written by Gold Roger, presumably, um, that mentioned that basically he said like Gold Roger was here, essentially. So he kind of like marked his like... uh, been there, done His presence. That. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, he he says here specifically, like I, he, he's saying like I hereby like guide this document. So like Robin's like piecing together that like, you know, she needs to use this information along the Grand Line, on in um like together with the other Pineglyphs to create this, um this like document. Gotcha. But do, but does it sh- still share the location of an ancient weapon as well? Those, yeah, those so Robin things. does Robin does say it confirms the location of Poseidon. Okay, so that I I, I read that, and then the chief's like, "All right, great. We don't like this poneglyph has been fulfilled, so we no longer have to protect it." I'm like, but it also does still have like the location of a secret weapon that you probably don't want anyone just getting their hands <laughs> on. So like, you might still want to protect that. <laughs> well, only Robin knows what it says. True. I'm just saying, like, nobody nobody else can That's figure true. out what she this says. She didn't disclose that with people. Yeah, even even like Calgara and his people back then didn't know what it said. They just knew that they had to protect it because their ancestors right. 400 years right. prior died protecting it or they fought to protect it at the city. This is juicy stuff. <laughs> and uh, Sean, did you want to hop in here? Yeah, uh, it's, uh, I mean, this is a 
we are dropping some so there's there's a common thought that like Skypea feels disconnected from the rest of One Piece in a way. And I think because I mean it literally is. It's a it's an island thing in the sky, and Eneru is technically in theory. Now, like if Luffy and the rest of the crew is like, ah, fuck it, we're leaving. And Eneru was allowed to continue to do whatever he wanted unabated. Well, first of all, we know he wouldn't actually kill anyone, as we <laughs> but uh, but like technically nothing would change. He goes to the moon and he sits on the moon, and like nothing below is affected. But uh, there are telltale things here that are connecting this world with the 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 the, the east the 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 great blue below or whatever the blue sea below and this is a huge 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 one of them um just the the fact that roger apparently visited is is massive and like does anyone know this does anyone below know this does the government realize like you'd think if the government knew i'm gonna i i'm this is me speaking as both a fan knowing more and not knowing more whatever but i just I would assume they don't because they would have absolutely gone to Skypea to be like, Hey, holy shit. Roger's here. The most wanted man in the world, the King of the pirates. Like we got to figure out what the hell's going on. So this is, this is earth shattering news. So uh, it's really, it's gonna, it's important. It's going to be more important in the future. And it's why I don't think Skypea can be skipped. Like so many, as many people think. And to that point, I feel like that's why Robin was so stoked. Like, like there's a there's a moment where Robin's really let down. She thought she, this was like it. She thought this was like the the aponoglyph with the information that she's been looking for specifically, um, which I feel like makes sense because it's like so far removed and so untouched. Like it's the most seemingly like the most isolated situation that we've come across so far, which I feel like for her probably had a lot of like architectural, like architecturally she was like, this could be it. Like this is like super ancient unseen by probably most people in the blue sea and was pretty let down when it wasn't much. It wasn't exactly what she was looking for. I get the sense that it's not common knowledge that Skypea exists. So I don't know who knows that Skypea is real, but I'm going to guess it's probably not many people, if any down Mm -hmm. in the blue sea. Like I, I think it's probably very possible that nobody else knows that it exists. But I don't know. But I do think it's it's fun because um, earlier in the arc for Skypea, Gunford did mention that he had met a pirate crew previously. He made friends with them. So now we know that the crew that he had met was Roger's crew. So he had met Roger previously. But that was that was uh, alluded to earlier in the arc, but we didn't get confirmation as Roger's crew. Mm-hmm. And I do think uh, Robin's comment is interesting because she says that. Um, she does find Luffy interesting and expects that he'll make a mark on history. So Robin sees something in Luffy, which I think does maybe give a better indication why somebody like her would have like tagged along with Luffy's crew and why she's mm. like she's found Luffy very amusing from like the start. So I think like she sees that Luffy has potential to be historically significant. So she has an interest in history in general. So I think somebody like Luffy who she believes is going to be important for history to basically be part of that history. I think for her, she just finds that fascinating. And I think that's not the motivation for her to be like with Luffy on, on his crew. Totally. Agreed. 
in the I think it's like the first time where the strats actually kind of like do something like really piratey and they try oh, to I was gonna steal say treasure. That. <laughs> yes. Actually acting like pirates, like whoa. Yeah. Like I love that. And I love that Luffy initiated it. Yeah. <laughs> I love that think... Luffy's idea too. Yeah, so I think not Nami's um, idea, Luffy's idea. Yeah. So for Luffy, I think he didn't see any harm in it because nobody owns it because it was in the snake. Right. So like I think he's like this is like you know nobody knows about it, so we can sneak off with it. You know, it's gonna be our little secret right. instead of like it's giving it to the people. Off. Like he's gonna be selfish about it, but he's not like trying to take the treasure from people like who it's rightfully theirs. Like he's like yeah. this can be like for us, you know. So I do like the whole like way that it plays out where they try to do that something something piratey when like the people were going to give them gold anyway, <laughs> which I don't know how they would feasibly even bring that giant know, beam it, down on the ship. It looks impossible. <laughs> but it's just like really funny how like. uh like oh no we gotta run and then robin doesn't even like try to stop and explain wait no this goes yeah. for us we can, we can take this too she yeah. she just kind of laughs it off he's like well i guess we're uh we don't want it <laughs> which is i think I it's so that. great i love that yeah so i love good. how robin handles it that way <laughs> yep she doesn't kind of play along with everything you know that was so great yeah she really is she really goes with the flow you know like yeah. she's She's present, but she's not always very involved, you know? Like she's there, but she's usually kind of a quiet, quietly observing, you know, yeah. instead of actively participating. Yeah. I mean, she participates when she has to, but I feel like that's her general vibe. Yeah, I, I think she just generally, like, enjoys kind of like, people watching and, like, seeing people like, have fun. I think she finds entertainment in the way that, like, her friends act. Mm hmm so, yeah, I, I think that she generally likes to, like you said, just kind of observe. Yeah, so is there anything else on this chapter you wanted to touch upon? We've, we're in it now. <laughs> we're in it. <laughs> I have my first One Piece prediction. <laughs> well done. There's many more to come. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of like one of those people who doesn't like to like make predictions or or theories. Like I just kind of go with the flow. Uh, I like to be surprised. I kind of don't always like like I like to take the information that we have and you know read into it. But like, I don't typically try to look ahead. I usually just kind of look in what we currently have to deal with. And I try not to speculate too much because I think it's more fun to to not be correct when you get something I, I i but some people i think just really go down the rabbit hole and they love like they're predicting for for one piece which is so bad because there's a lot of like deep like material to like to mine from one piece uh, that's like something i like definitely makes sense for people to enjoy doing um i just personally don't do a lot of theory crafting like myself um i'm also i don't think i'm smart enough to really like predict a lot of these things so i just kind of like go through and i just kind of enjoy the ride as it comes you know <laughs> yeah that's fair i don't know i like i'm not trying to make make a like concrete prediction i just feel like i just had like there was like a little aha moment yeah. when i read through that i was like oh maybe this could be that because it is like all of these pieces of information coming together in a singular place that is associated with gold roger in a way and now and now his stamp or his seal has been like also incorporated into that kind of general yeah. idea very valid but who knows 
it could be disproven in the next volume. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, for right now, let's move on to Ace's Great Search for Blackbeard, Volume 27. The Navy cooks from the Gatway vessel were Moda's parents. Moda is able to see her parents. Woo! Yay! <laughs> that was the real reason for the letter. Uh-huh. Yeah, so that's that's a cute little uh, interaction. Here. Uh, adorable. Also, leads me to ask why her parents are why they're separated. Hmm. They got to pay the bills. I guess so. They got to work uh, on the marine ship. So they leave her. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> All right, let's move right along to chapter 302, finale. The people of Skypea are disappointed that their Blue Sea Savior is left in a hurry before they have the chance to express their gratitude. Rocky gives Isa a new haircut that looks an awful lot like a certain Gum Gum Man's. Wiper and the Chandians look at look on at the Statue of Calgra, saying the promise has been fulfilled. There is no need for any further bloodshed. They will continue to honor the light of Shandora. The chief of the Chandians meets with Gonfor, along with the rest of their people. They decide that Gon- that Gonfor should be the one to lead them all, and they will all share their land together now that both of their homes have been destroyed. Gonfor reluctantly agrees to lead and hopes to be able to unite their people. As the Straw Hats reach Cloud's End and try to decide how they each want to spend their gold, they realize how much they will miss Sky Island. Comus and Pagia escort them and bid them farewell. Suddenly, the Mary drops off the side of the island into midair. Conus uses a whistle to call the Octo Balloon, catching the Mary and inflating so the ship gently floats down. As they descend, they hear the sound of the Golden Bell once more as the people of Skypea say goodbye and thank you. And we get our final musical term for Skypea. We get a finale. Finale! Perfect. <laughs> All right, let's start I didn't pick up... One. Oh god. Uh I mean it's a it's a very sweet uh send off. It feels kind of almost like the second send off at this point out like not that they're <laughs> well we're we're tying up more loose ends on the the uh like what's going to happen with Skypea now where it's going to go. Uh I wasn't a huge fan of that little conversation that Isa and Rocky have. Uh I feel like they're trying to thread a delicate needle here of of like or Odom I'd let the optimist, the the not optimistic, the uh, yeah, I guess the I don't know. Part of me that's trying to be like, okay, it's them being like, nobody should fight anymore. Nobody needs to fight anymore. We're in an age of peace. Like we've we've done enough fighting. Where you you're trying not to be like Rocky. Don't pull this. Like we're girls. We don't need to fight any longer. The days of fighting are over for girls. It's, mm, that's not great. But it, I don't think Ice is really buying into that, and she wants to have the Luffy haircut rather than the long haircut, anyways. So. Mm. That's what I'm going to take that as. And she says she wants to be like him when he grows up. So yeah. uh, that's that's what I'm going to choose that to be. Uh, I kind of wish Rocky was a bit more. But whatever. It is what it is. The I much enjoyed. Uh, though, again, I still. My God, how many bandages do you need to have to be like, you might as well be dead. Like Wiper. Like, it's just like. <laughs> it's just bandage cosplaying. Like, he's just cosplaying a mummy right now. Like, it's just. <laughs> Again, it's weird. Uh, I love. I, I I've always been a fan of Ganfor, so I'm glad to see him. Them being like, nah, dude, you, it's okay. Like you can be 
the new the new leader again. He's like, I just want to make fucking pumpkin juice, but all right, fine. <laughs> I guess I'll I'll guess I'll be your goddamn fucking king. <laughs> I just want to be an old man. I just want my Metamucil pumpkin juice. But uh, I'm I'm happy for him, so that's nice. Uh, man, the crew's finally got some cash. <laughs> for, right. for, time. <laughs> for friggin' friggin' chopper, please buy me books. <laughs> can I get a can I get a fridge <laughs> with a lock on it? And Very what important. is and what is Zora, lock. What, what does Zora want? Booze. Booze. <laughs> I I love Luffy's vision. If you see the little bubble, his little thought bubble, it almost looks like a bronze Richie on the front of yeah. the go. <laughs> yeah, he has to put the, the that, statue like on top of the the Mary go at the very front. <laughs> so good. It's that like blocking the Jolly perfect. Roger now too. <laughs> Please, yeah. me books. <laughs> hey, what happened to uh, the old lady? The old lady person, the one who is like the the, the camera lady. Uh, yeah, she's yeah. on the other end. <laughs> she is did we see her and i missed it or something oh she's on the other end okay yeah but or she's in a different place right i think so a yeah, different a different exit or this she is the prime it? yeah probably okay i don't i honestly don't know but i'm gonna assume that gone for was like we're gonna waive their fees yeah <laughs> <laughs> i think i think we, we can make an exception for the saviors yeah yeah so uh i love when i love when everyone's everyone falls all their eyeballs fall out with them yeah, <laughs> including yeah. the Mary Go. The Mary noticed that Mary Go's eyeballs. The Mary Go's jaw drops. Yeah, that that was my notes. That's too. probably my yeah. That was probably my favorite part of the whole chapter. That was so good. <laughs> That's a great drop. But then it's just a giant octopus <laughs> that catches them. So sure, I mean I'm cool with that. <laughs> This just feels like another one of those kind of like fantastical things that just like feels like it's part of like the One Piece world and you just kind of accept it. Totally. Yep. Loved it. And they ring it's the like bell such again. A, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like such a One Piece way to like get back down from the sky. Which is a compliment. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Super fun. It's like a perfect octopus hot air balloon. Yeah, so I mean, we get a, a happy ending to Skypea. Like, they weren't all wiped out. And even though their, their homeland is gone now, they have all come to, like, you know, agreement that they can live in peace on, you know, the, the farce and the upper yard. So it's everybody's land. So they're not fighting over it anymore. Everybody's realized that it's not it's not worth it. They can share it. There's enough land for everybody. So they, they find a nice, peaceful resolution all it took was you know for a crazy god to like wipe out their the land but you know they got there you know to teach their own a steep price to pay yeah how about you evan anything else on this one uh nothing that just sums it up for me like i said i really love the the panel when they're all saying what they want to do with their money <laughs> i thought that was like a what per like a singular perfect like so such a perfect panel. yeah <laughs> and i love how yeah. they all are asking nami for permission <laughs> nami's she, like she's like their accountant. the treasurer yeah yeah 
yeah, I, I think it's a great use of space too. How like Oda takes like that one panel but makes it big enough to like get that information out. Doesn't spend a lot yeah. of time on it. Um yeah, so I think Oda does like a really good job of being able to give everybody kind of their little moment. I can really flesh out these characters. And like these are all things that feel like in line with like with the characters that we know. So like, I, I feel like these are just like really nice moments that Oda uses to to kind of flesh out these characters, you know, a little bit further. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, so that's going to wrap up Skypea. Home to the blue sea. Dum, ba, da, da. <laughs> Uh, so let's move on to Ace's Great Search for Blackbeard Volume 28. Coffee with milk makes for happy meetings. Now that the Navy base has milk, they don't have to drink bitter coffee anymore. Yay! Yay! <laughs> there we go. Jake That's why we had so finally. Much time on the coffee. <laughs> yeah. Just needed some milk. Yeah. Must be some good milk. And it looks like they even put the the picture like and the um, the letter up on the oh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so a happy ending there too for the for the navy right. part okay moving on chapter 303 the wealthy pirate gang upon learning that el dorado was in the sky cricket tells his friends that this is the end of their adventure to find the lost city of gold after a heartfelt moment he announces it's time for them to start their adventure uh, anew over in Mocktown, it appears that Bellamy and Sarkis are fighting. As the crew beg uh, Sarkis to stop, everyone's, and everyone's, uh, to everyone's confusion, he begs for someone to stop as well. It turns out to be the handiwork of Don Quixote Del Flamingo, as he forces the crew to fight themselves using his mysterious powers as punishment for disgracing his flag. Bellamy begs for another chance, but Del Flamingo doesn't have a use for weaklings in his crew. As he has Sarkis slash at Bellamy one more time, Doflamingo declares it is time for the Age of Pirates with real power. Now back in the Blue Sea, the Mary safely lands back in the water. The Octoballoon has now shrunk down to the size of a regular octopus. The crew thinks about the amazing journey they just went on as if it was just a dream. Nami doesn't miss a beat and has the crew get ready to sail on to the next island. As they travel, Luffy attempts to ride the waiver on the Blue Sea, but doesn't have any better luck. On the other hand, Nami is still a pro even on these waters. <laughs> they gather inside the ship and prepare to divvy out the gold they took back with them. Nami tells them that they should put most of the gold back into maintenance for the Mary, which the crew all agree to. Luffy also notes that they should add a carpenter to their crew. Elsewhere at Navy HQ, the five elders wonder where Admiral Aokiji has gone. They call him the greatest power in the Navy. At this time, Aokiji happens to be riding his bike along the sea, as he looks at Luffy's wanted poster. Not ominous at all. Along the sea <laughs> or on the sea? Both. He's riding the bike on the sea, right? I don't know. <laughs> maybe. He's kind of like he's literally riding uh, right on the water. No, I mean, I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's something. We'll see. <laughs> Why not both? I mean. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. We'll see. Oops, sorry about that. <laughs> yeah so let's um let's start with evan on this one because i think there's also some interesting things that he he probably hasn't seen before here yeah so go flamingo we only got like a little snippet um at a, like a navy meeting yeah, it, was, it was at the um the seven like warlords, warlords meeting, with meeting. The, uh, yeah yeah with the navy at Mount, and so we Mary see him kind of like 
you see him kind of like goofing around with his abilities, but we don't actually get to see them in practice like we do here. Um, where he's got two comrades um, fighting each other to the death. Um, so I feel like here we get like a real taste of how powerful he really is. I mean, he's a warlord, so we obviously know he's powerful, but like we get, we get to see, we actually get to see like uh, his ability uh, a little more clearly. Yeah, so like Bellamy was this like big shot pirate like over here, and we see like Dofamango's just like toying with him. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's just like, it's cool. It looks here. like yeah. it's cool. It looks like he's using his hand almost like a mannequin, like a mannequin doll, kind of, or like in Naruto, if you see like the puppy. Wielders. <laughs> kind of, it looks kind of like that, which is cool. A cool, like, artistic choice. Yeah. Uh, what else? Yeah, so did you notice that the, the mark of Bellamy that we had seen before was actually Doflamingo's mark? Oh, yeah. That's right. Because they left the mark um, over at, at Cric- Cricket. Um, they, they put it on the tree. That's how right, they knew right, that right. like Bellamy was there. So yeah, that was, that was actually Doflamingo's mark. So Bellamy is like his his crew is under Doflamingo's crew. So Doflamingo's kind of like we're gonna take you under our our wing. We're gonna put you like in the like, in my pirate crew, like my my fleet, um, and you're gonna represent me. But Bellamy has let Doflamingo down. Like he he sees that like he was a failure, and yeah, he doesn't deserve to be on his crew. So essentially, he's like, "Yeah, you, you lost your chance. Like, I'm I'm revoking like your uh, your privileges here." So as punishment, he just shows up and just plays around with with the crew and makes them attack each other, and like disgraces Bellamy. Gross. <laughs> cool. I feel like we're getting a new warlord right after the arc. So this might be foreshadowing of our next villain arc. Maybe. Perhaps so. Perhaps. How about you, Sean? Yeah, this uh, it's a cool little like, okay. I liked a little bit at the start with Cricket. Once again, like, okay, we're happy. We're very happy the bell, but now we're going to go do something new. Cool. <laughs> Let's do something <laughs> cool thing. Woo-hoo. We'll follow you anywhere, boss. You're the, you're the best, boss. Um, Man, Don Flamingo, don't, don't, uh, Don Flamingo, you, I love him. I love his giant feather fucking boa coat. Um, his Guy weird hairy, his weird hairy legs, which like, okay, <laughs> I don't know. My legs are hairy too. I don't shave my legs, but like, I feel like he should, if he's going to sit like that and wear those pants all the time <laughs> and apparently have a personal cameraman who's just like focused right up on them. I don't know. <laughs> well, what does he care? Right. He's got the feather bow. He's got the sunglasses. He's got everything. Um, there's a level of just like, um, sadism here that we have not seen in quite some time. I feel like, uh, there's like, like needlessly cruel. Just, just, yeah. just very much just like lick my fucking boots. Like while I watch you bleed <laughs> on the ground, like he's, it is, it is very, we like, like, like Enru was like way more theatrical. Well, no, he's, I mean, the Dolphamego is pretty theatrical, but it was usually just like, I'm going to kill you. He usually, he usually didn't like try to torture anybody too much. In this point, he's like torture and, and beg, beg for your life. And uh, never mind, I'm still going to just kill you. <laughs> yeah. So he's playing with, he's like toying with them. Yeah. It's fucked up. 
The time has come when only pirates will survive. An un a new wave of unmatched power is coming. Well, I guess we'll we'll find out, won't we? Yeah, it looks like um, uh, he's looking forward to uh to what's gonna happen. Yeah, I will say there is um one of the few times you'll ever hear me say this about any filler in anime ever. But the Joel, have you watched the G eight arc? I have. This one is one piece? I did watch, yeah. Yes, so in One Piece, there is a filler in the anime. There is a filler arc. Are you familiar with filler, Evan? Like, yes, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's not canon, but man, I wish it was because it's awesome. It's one of the few times a filler arc is actually, I think, really cool, and it takes place. I don't know, but I recommend it if you all want extra something. Like, if anyone wants extra, I think it's a really cool little arc that they have where they land in this like military this Navy base that's like encircled from the octopus <laughs> and they, the crew has to like pretend to be cooks and it's, it's really <laughs> cool. Um, but uh, otherwise, nope, we don't have that in the, the manga. They just land in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> and uh, Luffy is still terrible at the waiver, but Nami is still <laughs> absolutely kicking ass. And that's pretty great. I love she's just got a shirt that says gold now. <laughs> yeah. First purchase. Yeah. Wait, First so back to the filler thing. Is filler not... Oh, sorry. Is filler not canon? Filler is not canon. Right. It's not written by Oda. Filler is not the, canon. It is written by the anime production team or whoever. Got it. Okay. Yeah, so the, the GA no. arc, I think, is um, known as like one of the best filler arcs in, in One Piece. Like, I don't think it's like super amazing compared to like anything else in One Piece, but it is like a fun. Um... I would consider it better than at least one or two arcs in canon One Piece, but we'll get there. We're not there yet. <laughs> yeah, so we're, it's like uh, there. it's enjoyable. Um, yeah, it, it's fun, but not not super important because again, by nature, it, it can't do anything that's going to contradict. Yeah, it's the main anything. the main problem with filler is that you can't really, uh, but you can't change the characters in any significant way. But the characters they introduce in it are cool. But yes, yeah. moving on. Um, it's a good chapter. It's a good uh, little setup. I love Nami. Yeah, I'm 80% of my secret stash. I'm just kidding, guys. <laughs> As if you could have a secret stash in this clunker of a ship. <laughs> yeah, yeah Mary Go is still Mary Go is still taking damage. Not mm -hmm. not great. It's uh, really hang, barely hanging on. But I guess even Usopp's patchwork repairs can only go so far. I'm a sniper, not a handyman. Yeah, I like how uh, yeah. Chopper is surprised that there are people who can fix up better than Usopp. <laughs> <laughs> really? There's somebody even better at fixing things than Usopp? <laughs> <laughs> we got another visit from the, the five elders. <laughs> He's at it again, hmm? He's probably just sightseeing. <laughs> Why would he take his rank seriously? We can't have, have him moving around willy nilly. Admiral Kitty is the greatest power of the Navy. <laughs> yeah, so Evan, do you want to uh, hop in there? Nothing in particular. I feel like there's just like a bunch of foreshadowing happening in this chapter. Um with the carpenter carpenter mentioned. But he does mention, come to think of it, we could also use a magician. <laughs> or sorry, a musician. A musician. musician yeah. My, my magician mistake. would be cool too. But yeah, musician. A magician. Yeah, yeah what's Django up to these days? <laughs> yeah, I'm really excited. I'm really excited for what is to come. 
yeah, so now it seems like um, there's an admiral that like Luffy's class attention. So we know exactly why he's trying to find Luffy, but he has his poster and he seems uh, interested in finding Luffy. Oh, and he also says not an honest fellow in the whole family. Hmm. Which feels like a clue. <laughs> Perhaps so. Yeah, and uh, I also want... got Luffy's full name on that poster. <laughs> uh, yeah, I also wanted to mention here that um, the name Aokiji is actually like a, like a code name. So there's like a code name for the admirals, which we'll see more in the future. But they typically will use like uh, like a color and an animal. So um, Aokiji would translate to blue pheasant. So just just like a little, little tidbit here. I appreciate that he apologizes to the dolphin. I don't know for what. <laughs> Maybe for like almost running them over. <laughs> but he's but he's on the island, Joel. He's he's not riding on the water, right? Oh, there's no way he could do that. Yeah. <laughs> sure, it looks like it. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. just like another fun little detail that Usopp has a collection of dials now. Oh Excellent. yes, so he brought them back from uh, Skypea. He even has a little sign that says uh, Usopp Workshop. <laughs> Open for, for tinkering. No. <laughs> but he does note that uh, the milky dial doesn't work here. So the other dials do, but the milky dial doesn't. Which uh, Robin suspects is only because it would have to work like in the environment where the air is right. So the air down here wouldn't be... Um, able to, to make the, the Milky Day clouds. Bummer. That'd be a cool one. Especially with Nami's uh, waiver. Yeah. Hey, uh, anything else? That's about it, I think. Okay. And um, yeah, I didn't prepare anything for this straw hat theater. There's like a little tiny like section here. It's not really relevant. It's just like a That's fun fair. little like two-page thing. It's fun, though. Uh, yeah. It, it's like it's, it's the essentially color on the back. <laughs> It is a it is a really cool looking color that um the color page there, mm-hmm. very pretty. But let's move on to the next chapter. Chapter three oh four, Long Island Adventure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna read this whole thing in an old Long Island accent. <laughs> oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. Luffy, although looking nearly identical to the sea monkeys, is unable to fool them. They see through his disguise and chase the merry-go, causing a large wave. As the crew scramble to evade, Usopp spots the enemy ship. Upon closer inspection, the crew seems to be in low spirits and entirely disorganized. It doesn't take long for the sea monkeys to overtake the enemy ship as the merry-go escapes. Robin then casually announces there's been an island in front of them for some time now. She's reprimanded by the captain for a lack of gusto as they approach the island. Usopp can't quite shake what he saw happen to the enemy ship. It simply doesn't add up. No captain, no navigator, no sails. What gives? Usopp has a bad feeling, but the rest of the crew pays it no mind. As they reach the shoreline, they see the most incredible nothing. There's nothing (laughs) in sight but endless prairie, speckled with tall, thin trees. Luffy wastes no time beginning to explore the island, taking Usopp and Chop with him. They immediately begin to see a trend. 
everything is, as Usopp puts it, long. Long lions, <laughs> long tigers, long bears. <laughs> they spot a house and decide to check it out. Here they meet a long horse named Cherry. Chopper makes her acquaintance as Luffy and Usopp discover a bamboo shoot that reaches as far as the eye can see. They une then, unexpectedly, the bamboo moves, jumping towards Luffy. It hits him right in the face. Taking this very personally, Luffy strikes back with a gum-gum whip, snapping the bamboo in two. Suddenly, in a cloud of dust, a small, gnomish man appears where the bamboo had been. Luffy concludes this must be the spirit of the bamboo. Meanwhile, on the merry-go, the crew has been ambushed by a pirate ship declaring themselves to be the Foxy Pirates. They pin the ship to the shoreline using claw-shaped anchors and demand a duel. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Already on to the next island. <laughs> oh, uh, Sean, we lost your audio. Sorry, I said, unfortunately, yep. yes, we are on to the next island. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, so uh, who wants to start on this one? Well, I love the I love the first like the very first shot of this chapter with uh, Luffy trying to mimic the <laughs> the sea monkeys, <laughs> which clearly yeah. didn't work out. But he he does make a pretty good sea monkey. Yeah, that's really um, funny. Yeah, I thought that was pretty hilarious. And then we get this really cool ship at the end of the chapter, after all the weirdness of this island, <laughs> which is like pretty goofy. I love how Chopper and Usopp are like, um, it feels like we're getting longer just by looking at them. And then it has this like really funny drawing of them both kind of looking like uh, super thin, long, like it's really funny. Yeah, they're really wonky looking. Yeah. Yeah. But Luffy's face does get big too. But like his is like less jarring because like his he's stretchy normally, but his jaw <laughs> right. is like really big. But then, like, yeah, Usopp has, like, a really long face, like a horse face, and, like, Chopper's got like, this really goofy face. <laughs> yeah. But then on, on the next page, too, when they're, like, walking by the house, they're still, like, <laughs> feel like, they're still feel, feel like that. They just, took, they just took a visit to Amigara Fault. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. This hole was just for them. This is my hole. This is his hole. It's made for me. Yeah, and when they find yeah. Sherry, they, they call Sherry a giraffe. <laughs> they, they say it's not a giraffe, it's, it's, it's just a, a horse, but it's long. <laughs> I love Chopper just, are you a horse? Hey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the first uh, bear they see looks kind of like the walking bear, but uh, stretched out. Yeah, I was getting the same kind of thing with the, the vibes, like the walking bear, just like casually mm -hmm. walking by them, not like attacking them or anything. It's just like a bear, like, like yep. this. Casual bear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but this bear does make you laugh because, like, it's like so tall and like so silly looking, but like, like it's so great. But not the first walking bear we've seen in this, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, in this series. It is walking on two legs, <laughs> and we see the song uh, "Dog" as well. Almost like Luffy was like stretching like so far. Yeah, Luffy's like my people. It's my people. <laughs> <laughs> he won't lose to bamboo. <laughs> no look i'm gonna lose really the bamboo action shot for it too <laughs> i love that that like wide shot of it at after he kicks it and his leg is still all extended yeah that's a really cool shot he won he won the the battle against bamboo <laughs> and 
and they celebrate like he just won an epic battle. <laughs> <laughs> well, he did get hit by the bamboo, so. <laughs> Gotta take your wins when you can get them. Yeah, so how, how about like... you, Sean? What are your uh, your general impressions for... Uh, I think the island like concept is very funny. It's very... Um, back when Rick and Morty was good. <laughs> um, just like, it's all in a cob. It's like, it's this, like, just like the... <laughs> The Long Island, everything's long. It seems it's. I like it. It works. Yeah. Um, it's about all I have to say at the moment. Uh, I like the. Um, I mean, it's just it's a comedy chapter, right? It's it's yeah. it's but it's a pretty yeah, damn sure. solid one. Like he knows how to make the laughs. He knows. Okay, we're we're gonna have like a cool down bit of a comedy chapter here. Um. I mean that bear, that shot of the bear is just it. It feels like a, a from Azumanga Dio or something. It doesn't feel like <laughs> One Piece almost, which is it's kind of cool. Yeah, it's different. Yeah, I, I think this is a fun introduction to this new location. Like, we just came from somewhere that felt like drastically different. It's like from like one one chapter to the next. It's like uh, like you never know what you're gonna find in, in the world of One Piece. So now we find this like wacky land where everything's like like stretchy like the trees are tall the animals are long like things aren't like the way you would expect them to be so i I think it's like a fun concept so far and like the the crew so far is having like a fun reaction to things as well because like (laughs) they're kind of going like they're going through it too and we're kind of going along with them um Mm -hmm. as they kind of explore some they try to get their bearings of like what's going on here this place is so weird and wacky um but then the the Mary is trapped in by another pirate crew. So like earlier in the chapter, we we had seen like another pirate crew that didn't really have their act together. They seemed like kind of like so disorganized, like what, what's going on. So we don't know what their deal was. So now we find this other pirate crew um, has trapped the, the Straw Hats here and they challenge them to a duel. So this is basically setting up like what we're going to be going into. So I think this is a nice little setup um, for for this next little section here. Agreed. I love the look of the foxy pirate ship and those like claw anchors they use to trap the Mary. Yeah. <laughs> it's a big ship too. Like when you see it next yeah, to the right? Mary go. Um, but just like fun design and like the whole chapter is really like fun design. I think, you know, this is the world of One Piece. So it's like expect the unexpected. And I feel like with this, super kind of off the wall wacky kind of island but it kind of just like drives that point home it's like you know yeah <laughs> it's still surprising <laughs> yeah i just think it's also fun at the end too where like when they knock over the the bamboo like there's like an old dude and they think like a spirit showed up <laughs> yeah <laughs> broken the bamboo awakened his spirit <laughs> yeah so that, that's all i have on this one same all right so let's wrap up uh, the Ace cover story, Ace's Great Search for Blackbeard, final volume, and the name of Pirates. Ace continues his search for Blackbeard to bring him to justice for his crew. Yeah, so he's back on track. Just like a like profile picture for Ace. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And the final chapter of the volume, chapter 305, Foxy the Silver Fox. 
Luffy thinks he freed his spirit from the bamboo, but it's just some old guy named Tanji who was stuck on his stilts for 10 years. They ask him why everything is so long here, but he doesn't really give a coherent explanation. He invites him into his house for some milk. I mean, cheese. Usopp questions how safe it is to eat after 10 years, but Tanji insists it's fine. It's not fine, as he immediately kills over. Luckily, Chopper is here and determines that he has food poisoning. After recovering, Tanji explains the island is called Long Ring Long Land. It appears to be 10 islands, but it's just a giant ring where the tips stick out. Every year, the tide reveals a connecting path for a few hours that allows his nomadic tribe to travel to the next part of the island. His people move once every three years, but unfortunately he got stuck on his stilts so nobody can find him, so they moved on without him. The only one who stayed behind was his faithful horse, Sherry. The two are overjoyed to be reunited. That joy is short-lived as Sherry is shot by someone. Captain of the Foxy Pirates, Foxy the Silver Fox, claims the horse belongs to him now. He expects Luffy to recognize his face, but to his dismay, Luffy has no idea who he is. Apparently, he knows who Luffy is, however, along with the bounty on his head. He challenges Luffy to a Davy back fight. Outraged by the attack on the horse, Luffy quickly accepts. Usopp seems to recall what a Davy back fight is, as he connects the dots as to why the pirates they saw earlier seem so disorganized. He warns Luffy that this is a duel that would cost him his companions. Cool. Right. Sounds like a job for Zoro. <laughs> yeah, so we go from like this, um, you know, it seemed like like laid back, low key, like start to this uh, new island. And there was a lot going on, and now things just feel like they like escalated. Yeah, so, um, who wants to start on this one? Look, I'll 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 start. Um, I lo- I I think the stuff with the old man with Tanjit is is all really funny. Uh, it's it's good stuff. It's it's very classic gag gag manga in a lot of way. It's like this is a very much Oda kind of like almost channeling like Doctor Slump and stuff like that. Um, and it's solid and it's good, and it leads into a character that I do not care for. <laughs> um, we're not there yet. I mean, we sort of are at the end of this, but um, like it's 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 very I I I just it's great. It's funny the 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 stuff with the old man and the horse and long long ring long land. Um, I think it's all just it's 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 funny, but it's 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 maybe too weird at times. I don't know. Could be could be just mixing things up with my distaste for the coming arc. But uh, that's all I'll, I've got to really say about it. Uh, there's more to talk about another time. <laughs> <laughs> all right, how about so, we go to Evan? Yeah, Foxy has that like super villainous, like punchable face that we've been talking about, <laughs> with, like Wapple and I mean, yes, he does. He's got that. Yeah. You don't think he's gonna make a nice pirate? No, he just, he just shot <laughs> Sherry, the giraffe horse. <laughs> I love seeing uh, the shot of um, what's his name, Tan Tanji, Tanji, yeah, riding Sherry, like this tiny squat little dude riding this like <laughs> super long giraffe horse. Yeah. I love the look. And you even get to see in like one of the flashbacks, you kind of see like this whole village of all the tall horses that all look like Sherry. 
Yeah. It's just a cool, it's a cool little like tribe of people. <laughs> Nomadic moving from uh, island to or, uh, island to island, I guess. I mean, it's all one island, but like, yeah. Um, one section to the others. It's a fun concept. Excited to see where it goes. Definitely feels like some comic relief after like our super intense uh, conclusion of Skypea. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of the, the humor really hits for me in this chapter. Like a lot of it just like really works in my opinion. Um, like I, I cracked up about like the, <laughs> like the, the cheese thing in particular, like that whole interaction yeah. where like he, uh, he offers him milk, but because it's been in the fridge for like 10 years, like it's not good anymore. So it's just like hard. So it's like cheese. <laughs> But he decides, oh, it's probably fine to eat. <laughs> and then, yeah, cheese has just been aged for 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> but like, this year's like so wacky. He just seems to be like, um, not really fully with it. Like, um, yeah, so he like eats the cheese, like he like pass out. And then like, uh, Chopper diagnoses that it's food poisoning. And Usopp's just like, obviously, like he just ate bad cheese. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I love it, and this whole volume, Chopper's always been yelling like, "Doctor, we need a doctor!" <laughs> and he always, he still like is always having that realization that he is the doctor. Yeah, <laughs> doctor. Oh wait, right, that's me. It's kind of just like a running gag, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like it seems like Tanji doesn't really have a good explanation why things are long. Like he he starts like giving an explanation, but it's just kind of like a nonsense answer. So he, he doesn't really know. And then like he also got himself stuck in the situation where he was on the cells for ten years, like. Like he just got stuck up there, and apparently the bamboo kept growing somehow, and uh, it just kept getting taller and taller, and he got stuck up there. So the people left because they couldn't find him because he was on these bamboos. <laughs> How did he survive? Up? What did he, he eat? eating the? He was eating the, like the fruit off the trees. From the oh, yeah. okay. Because yeah, the trees also grow that tall. Of course, he never thought to try to climb down. <laughs> He was scared. I guess he was scared. <laughs> he was too scared. It's too tall. Yeah. <laughs> but then the fact that like Sherry stayed behind, I f I found like really touching. Very big laboon energy. Hmm. It's like a lot of these animals like tend to be like faithful to like their owners. So I, I think it's a touching moment. And then that's what makes like this whole sequence a little bit more tragic when like, there's like a beautiful moment of like when he's like riding Sherry, like you were talking about, and like Sherry looks so majestic and they look so happy to be reunited finally, like the laughing, having a good time, and like enjoying the wind. And then all of a sudden, like this pretty like devastating panel where Sherry gets shot. Yeah. 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 And yeah, of course, that's so true. So, Just like that little bit <laughs> yeah. of black, that little bit of backstory really connects you with those characters, um, which makes that moment hit a lot harder. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, then we get this despicable villain, uh, Foxy, with his uh, two henchmen, and uh, this also works for me too. Where um, like he gets so depressed when Luffy doesn't know who he is, and like then his like mm. uh, <laughs> his uh, his crew has to like try to console him. Like no, no, like I'm sure he's heard of you. Like he's he's just pretending. He's just like no, trying to hurt your feelings. Like well, Hamburg starts laughing, but yeah, Hamburg, yeah. <laughs> But like Porsche's just kind of like, no, no, like it, it's fine, boss. You're you're good. <laughs> it's funny. I feel like we've seen a lot of villains with that sort of characteristic, like like Buggy with his nose. Um, <laughs> like Arlong's kind of like trigger, triggered about like fishmen. People talking about fishmen. I don't know. It's funny. It's like a, it's like a 
a verbal like weakness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do think it's it's pretty akin to like Buggy being very like overly sensitive about his nose. Yep. Yeah. Um, then he challenges uh, Luffy to a three coin Davy back fight run by Orthodox rules. So we have no idea what this means yet. But Luffy no doesn't care. Luffy's like, no, like you want to fight? All right, I'll take you on. So Luffy's just like ready to like like beat him up. Um, he's just so mad about the horse. I'm sorry, the horse. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he, he's ready to, to fight. But then Usopp has like the um, the sense of dread, where he's like, "No, Luffy, we can't do that. We're gonna lose our companions." So uh oh, don't like, don't like the sound of that. Yeah, maybe Luffy uh jumped the gun a little bit, but that's where we leave it. Yep, yep, yep. All right. So, any other thoughts on the chapter? Very funny, comical. I also, I loved all the puns. There's a lot of really good puns when they were, they're all just like talking outside, and he was kind of giving them the lowdown on his time above. And like Usopp says, like it's a tall tale. And sorry, this is a oh, the tall tale joke. Yeah, and he's like, that's like, and he says the tall tale. He's like, that's sort of a stretch. Oh yeah. <laughs> Um, we live large, like to draw things out. <laughs> okay, yeah, so there's some good puns there. <laughs> the long and short of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's a lot of solid, solid puns in that exchange. All right. Uh, so we did wrap up Skypea. So let's just get our rankings for the arcs. So let's start with Sean's. So... Um, Hey, Sean, do you want to run through yours real quick? My rankings, I had uh, Arlong Park, yep, at number at at an S rank at number th- very top. Then Alabasta, then Barati, then an A rank. I had Little Garden, then Logue Town, then Romance Dawn, then Syrup Villa, Village, then Drum Island, and then Jaya. And B rank, I had Orange Town, Whiskey Peak, and then Reverse Mountain is technically my least favorite arc so far. I have nothing in C or D at this time. Except now I do, or at least one of them, <laughs> maybe. Um, okay. Do we want me to go right into now where I'm putting Skypea? Yeah, so where would you put Skypea? I am moving some stuff down to A rank that I no longer feel is quite S rank. I am moving, well, I'm moving Barathe down to A rank, uh, which it will now sit just below Skypea, which will be the top of A rank to me. Uh, little garden beneath Barathe, uh just by a smidge, but... We'll see. That may change at this time uh, later. Um, I felt Skypea was extremely, extremely good. It's um, a couple things keep it from reaching S to me. Primarily, the lack of death. And while I I do feel that it is more connected to the rest of One Piece than a lot of other people think, there is still an argument to be made that a lot of it is just it's a cool side adventure, a very, very cool side adventure at this precise time did not hugely affect anything in the, the below realm. Um, so for that reason, it's not the same heights to me as something like Alabasta or Arlong Park, which felt much more consequential to what was happening on the ground. Um, but it's still, I think, the top of A rank. I still think it's an incredibly solid arc, and I had a great time reading it again, or technically for the first time. All right, cool. Uh, let's get Evan's um, 
Yeah, Evan's rankings. All right. So my current rankings are S tier, Alabasta, Arlong Park, Baratier, and Drum Island. In A rank, I have Little Garden, uh, Lockdown, Jaya, Romance Dawn, Syrup Village, and then in B rank, Whiskey Peak, Reverse Mountain, and Orange Town. I'm going to put uh, Skypea in S rank after Baratier. And I think I'm going to move Drum Island in d down to A rank. Okay. Yeah. Right, so so the master would be Alabasta, Arlong Park, Baratier, and Skypea in that order. All right, cool. Uh, so I currently had my ranking uh, S tier, Alabasta, Arlong Park, Jaya, Drum Island, Baratier, A tier, Little Garden, Syrup Village, Logtown, Orange Town, Romance Dawn. B tier, Whiskey Peak, Reverse Mountain. Um, so I'm I'm pretty much in the same boat as you guys. I feel like I had similar feelings with Skypea as well. So Skypea caused me to shift a little. So I put Skypea first in A rank. And um, I shifted, um, yeah, pretty much. Um, so it's going to be now S rank, Alabasta, Orange Park, Jaya, Drum Island. A tier would be Skypea. Brate Little Garden, B tier would be Sir Village, Logtown, Orange Town, Romance Dawn, Whiskey Peak, Reverse Mountain. So I think uh, Skypea, uh, it's a really strong arc, but like what like Sean was saying as well, is it doesn't feel as strong as like like the highs that we've seen so far. Um, so I, I I feel like putting it at top of A rank is like the perfect place for it because it it does kind of feel like it shows that there's like another range for for the arcs of one piece where this guy was talking about before is like, if I feel like it recontextualizes what we consider to be like an, like an S tier and a tier. So having more arcs throughout the series will give us better context for what makes a really strong arc in one piece. I think we're starting to see like which of those arcs really stand out more than the others. And Skypea has a lot of really great story things, but at the same time, it doesn't resonate with me as much as some of the, like I think some of the, um, the stronger arcs do. So, yeah, Skype is real entertaining, but not my favorite. Uh, so I feel like a like top of A rank is a good place for it right now. Okay. And now we also have the villain rankings. So right now we currently have uh, S tier is Crocodile, Arlong. A tier is Buggy. B tier is Kuro, Wapple, Krieg. Where should we put Eneru? Uh, so let's start with Sean. Uh... I'm going to say, so say who's in A tier again? Uh, just Buggy. I'd put him like borderline tied with Buggy for me. Um, how are we, like, are we ranking the villains by like power or just by their art? How, how cool we, how we, we think we, they are, how, how cool satisfying is what I would I'd say. say like, I would say mix of everything. So, like, well, if we're doing, how, I mean, if how, we're doing power, then he's more powerful than Buggy, but like. Yeah, I would say like how how would you personally feel about the villain? It could be like how powerful they are, like in context with like how enjoyable they are as a villain, like how good their plot is, like are they entertaining, like you know whatever you want to use like to judge like what you think is a good villain. Okay, uh, yeah, I think in that regard, I agree with Sean. I probably put him a above. Uh, I don't know, maybe 
Yeah, I'm kind of like See, the, the live action I'm going in front or behind Buggy. A bit. Yeah, dude, it is for me too a little bit. So I'm, I'm just, doing just, it. I'm just by manga. Just by manga. <laughs> I think I think strength wise, I think Enter is probably the strongest we've seen so far. In a way. Okay, so where where would you personally want to put Enter in this in this ranking? Mm, I would say A above Buggy. I would also say A above Buggy. Okay. Yeah, I I would have. I would have put him um, probably S rank behind Arlong. Uh, again, mostly just because of, like the sheer power, because we haven't seen anybody to this extent before. But I I'm completely fine putting him like A tier next to Buggy. That works for me. Yeah, because as a villain, I personally don't find him as entertaining as Crocodile or Arlong, and like his story doesn't feel yeah. as personal with those mm. villains. So. Agreed. Okay, so yeah, that is our updated ranking for the villains. With that being said, that will conclude this week's episode of the We Are Reading One Piece podcast. You can find this episode wherever podcasts are found at wearereadingonepiecepodcast.buzzsprout.com or on the YouTube channel at We're Reading One Piece. This is a spoiler-free channel up to where we have recorded the podcast so far, so if you're new to the series, you can visit the channel there. Next episode, we will be discussing Volume 33, Davy Back Fight. I've been Joel, and I've been joined by Sean. This has been Sean. Party! <laughs> and Evan. A final hesso. <laughs> hesso! Hesso for the last time. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for listening, and be sure to bring along all of your hopes and dreams, and we'll see you on the next episode. <laughs>